Welcome to the Growth Lab Podcast, where we talk about finding new clients, winning more contracts, and growing successful cleaning businesses. I'm your host, Matt Harris, and I run the Growth Lab. We partner with cleaning business owners to launch, accelerate, and scale the growth of their business with tried and tested systems and strategies that generate predictable revenue. If you're turning over at least six figures and you want to grow your cleaning business to seven figures plus, click on the link in the description and schedule a call. Now let's dive in. You not think the problem with recruitment is the motivation it can be really demoralizing when you've worked 20 hours that week trying to recruit and at the end of it you've got no one honestly when you say fits and starts i'd take a few days off at that point and go well it's not working anyway what's the point of me doing it i know it it was it was always the biggest the biggest thing i I think even more so than finding new clients i found was was the recruitment aspect especially when the whole brexit thing was going on like there was a, a noticeable shift from one year to the next where you know we had maybe 50 or 60 percent less applicants through all of our efforts and that you know that has a significant impact right and then like you said you do have to start thinking outside the box and looking at other avenues to to finding you know staff or maybe even working with contractors because we did a lot of commercial cleans but yeah i think the the recruitment aspect you know if you've got a solid system set up which i guess you've developed over over time then it, it does kind of help it, it won't always answer your problems but at least you've got you've got a, a reasonable comfort blanket to make sure that you can do it consistently yeah i think the system helps in that the system for me the hardest thing about running a business is it's very emotional i don't know if you find this it's quite hard it's it's ups and downs it's roller coasters so by having the system you know that you've got to enter in x amount of new applicants per week and there's no emotion in that you just have to get the people going in there then they run through the system so you're not succeeding or failing they are just going through the system and i think for business owners there is a very big am i am i doing it right am i succeeding am i failing so the more we can just make it day to day to day to day to if your system works and it works consistently then you if you're not getting upset about it then you're not spending a lot of unnecessary thinking time on it and that's yeah. what really works for me about the system and just before we went on obviously we mentioned one thing which has always been troubling for the cleaning industry is you know finding hiring and retaining good staff what what is some of the approaches that you've taken to kind of not just find staff but to retain them as well do you provide them regular training do you you know provide i don't know like employee of the month award you know stuff that is that kind of goes outside of just monetary rewards that sort of thing so the employee of the month thing that's something we've just started not employee of the month, we've just got a, a big spinny wheel and we're putting all the cleaners on it mm-hmm. and we'll just spin it. Whoever it lands on, we'll get a £20 voucher or something for Tesco or for Asda and that's something we'll, we'll start, we've started just now. What else, what else is it you asked again, Matt? Sorry. But find, finding, finding good staff for one finding and then the good staff, and, so, and keeping them. So what we do to get the staff, we, we obviously put ads on it and stuff like that. The recruiting, if there's no contracts there, we'll still recruit, we'll get people in speak to them and we've got them in a, a database so we've yeah. got a text messaging database with over 200 cleaners on it that's been in for an interview before mm-hmm. and if a new contract comes up we'll send out a, a massive details of the contract if you're interested reply and the ones that's interested we can look in the database find more about them and bring them in for, a, for an interview but but it is tough trying to get staff is tough we have been quite lucky the staff that we've got have mostly stayed the only ones that's left is to go and start their own cleaning company. But really? The ones, oh my God. The ones, oh, With the lessons that you've taught them, I guess, right? So, but again, I, 
if somebody wants to do that, then I, I wish them well. So uh, the girls that we've got working for us tend to stay. Uh, they've worked well with other companies and they, they like it. We, we're a good wee team. We got on well. If they need to nip away early or they need a day off or whatever, we'll, we'll let them yeah. do it. So I'm curious, like, you know, you seem to manage, obviously, the, the staff situation quite well, despite the challenges. You've got a good sales process and obviously the, the pitch has been revised and your conversion rates are off the chart based on... I'll let you know when I get the next the next night. I mean, but still, right, if you're rolling at 90% right now, then that, that is that is yeah. an exceptional rate. But what, what do you think is like one decision that you've taken in your business that has had the biggest impact on your growth? So when I first, I learned a lesson just last year, recently, I was more interested in trying to hit a, like the, the million pound mark, like just getting my, my sales up rather than yeah. profit. So a lesson I learned was I got a, a, a good contract, it was earning me over a hundred grand a year, which was which is decent, a hundred grand a year, paid monthly, came with 15 cleaners, cleaning seven days a week. The profit I was was getting was only two two grand, two and a half grand a month profit. Oh, wow. But it gave me a lot of problems. The reason I got that is because I put my price down a little bit just to get yeah. the big contract. But it was constant. It was cleaners not turning up at weekends. It was like seven days a week cleaning. So mm. I lost that contract. And the next contract I got was half the time, half the staff, no weekend work. And I made yeah. an extra grand a month profit. Oh, wow. So the lesson I learned was don't undervalue yourself. Don't yeah. go in with a cheap price just to get the, stick to your prices, get your prices and stick to it. I'm yeah. doing less work, less hours, less work, less staff, less stress, and I'm making more money. Yeah. So it's not always about getting the big contracts with the big numbers. Make yeah. sure you're pricing things correctly. So don't be a busy fool. That was the biggest thing I learned. That's a really valuable lesson. How have you found recruiting to grow your business? Because that is two of the most common challenges that I've come across is either finding more clients or finding more cleaners. How have you managed to... So it's, it's guess, always a seesaw, isn't it? Yeah. It's one or the other. It's either customers or cleaners. Uh, it's hard. I would say uh, recruitment's always hard. We're quite lucky in that where we live is a very high population density. So yeah. there are quite a few people around. That being said, trying to find the caliber of people, we don't just want cleaners. We want good people with customer service. We want them representing us. I want them only to work the hours we work. They've got to want exactly what we deliver because, as I said, we only work very set hours. We only deliver one thing. So they sort of absolutely must fit into our box. So uh, sometimes... I've been there screaming at the other director going, for goodness sake, could we not work slightly different hours? People that wanted full-time hours. And so in terms of recruitment, though, it's constantly thinking outside the box. So we've got leaflets up in all the local shops saying, you know, we're looking if you want a job. Uh, it's on all the Facebook. We work with the job centre. We work with other okay. job agencies. So that can be really good, the agencies that want to get people into work. Yeah. Obviously, Indeed. I mean, we talk about this, we train on this. So thing, little tricks, like if you're going to advertise on Indeed and you've saturated your area because you've been advertising there for two or three years or 10, mm. starting to advertise in slightly different areas and then you start to get slightly different candidates. 
how you advertise on social media. What we've realized is you cannot just whack out your classic job advert. It's about engaging with people and engaging in quite a different way. I've tried all kinds of things, being witty, funny. I even tried being dirty. On, I mean, there's lots of jokes you can make about cleaners. I did it. Classic. <laughs> do you build a, a database? You know, do you, when people apply for the roles that you're advertising for. Do you add them into a database and just, you know, send emails out every month, every couple of months, just, you know, giving them an update as to availability or that sort of thing? Or, or is yeah. it just when you post, you're posting to fill a role there and then? Well, the role seems to constantly exist, if I'm really honest. <laughs> I'm posting to fill a role there, but you know, it's always there. I shouldn't say that. I say. Well, so we built, our, so we wrote all our own systems. Sure. So we, of course, have a database. We have, a, it's really good, our recruitment database. So you put someone in. So we would have someone, let's say, apply on Indeed. We would then pull their data off Indeed, and then they run through. We have an automated system, so they have to fill in a form, and then it automatically sends out the telephone invites. And then if that goes well, it automatically sends out the face-to-face -face invites, and then it automatically sends out the contract. So, so our recruitment in terms of the admin side now is very, very small, which is great. So as long as we can get enough people into the funnel to start our recruitment process, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Over the years, obviously, when I was doing it on Indeed, it had a database for us and it used to allow you to download every applicant into an Excel or a CSV or Excel file. And just before they stopped it, I downloaded every applicant from the last eight years. So I had a whopping great big database. They don't allow you to do that anymore, I don't believe. Do you know? All right. I, so, I don't know. So I built my database, uh, which then made it a lot easier. To be fair, when you've been recruiting in the same area as long as we have, most people mm. have kind of heard of us. So yeah. the trick to recruitment is basically just do a lot of it. Consistently. So oh, wow. So tra going back to the training aspect, that, you know, when you start yourself, obviously you have your own standards and difficult to kind of convey those standards to staff as, as you bring them on so how apart from the the book was the book that you create was that kind of like a, a manual a guide to sort it's, of... it's a pretty big book I, okay. I found that when you have a tap with kind of like the tourney taps and underneath the tourney taps I always had trouble like explaining to people what these things are called yeah. and right at the bottom there's a little ledge and I'm like what is this called? And nobody can ever answer this for me. So when I say to staff, underneath the tap handle, there's a little edgy before you get to the actual base of the tap. And like, you need to clean there. <laughs> anyway, so I created the book, which is literally an arrow and point at things. And it, it makes people aware of all the places. And I basically created like a point system. Like if you're going to look at a tap to clean it, like the handle as the handle base, then underneath the handle, then on top of the handle, like there's a point system. So a tap has 10 spots that we're going to clean. It's not just a tap. Mm. So that's kind of what I developed. But I think the biggest thing for me was learning that when the customer is happy, that's mm -hmm. good enough. It's okay. not always about me because I always had so many complaints but my customers weren't complaining. So okay. that's how I learned that if you dropped your standards a little bit, and I know it sounds horrible, but I had such high standards, I was yeah. exhausting trying to get everybody else to be that good. And yeah. it, it, nobody can sustain that. So it's just being good enough to deliver a high quality service, but yeah. not and concentrate on the whole service rather than just the cleaning. So okay. be really good at the service you provide with the cleaning. The cleaning yeah. doesn't have to be that good then. Have you had to tweak your training a little bit to incorporate the, the different type of spaces that you're going to be cleaning in commercial? I know there's still bathrooms, there's still going to be kitchen, but cleaning, 
an open plan office, for example, or in a factory setting? I mean, that's that's a little bit different from cleaning a house. So, yeah, so in a factory setting, you know, if they have to wear high vis and they're specialist things, then yes, you would only have two staff trained on that. So it is a little bit different. But yeah. in all honesty, a, an open plan office, I mean, they're trained on touch points, which they have to know about. The chemicals are actually the same. So we use a commercial range of chemicals anyway. So the chemicals are identical that they're trained on. What's different? What, what would you train staff on in a commercial open plan office? There's going to be a lot more sort of internal glass. There's going to be waste management. There's going to be different types of flooring and machines that you can... So, so we have internal glass. We have, we already empty bins and things. So yeah. So what's yeah. different? <laughs> I feel like I'm putting you on the spot here. What's no, different? no, I, I think the, the difference is the size. So a two-man team, if you're, I don't know how big of a commercial space you're cleaning, for example, but you know, if you're cleaning like a three or four floor office, then the setup is going to be a little bit different from a two-man team going into, you know, a five-bed house, for example. The facilities are going to be pretty much the same. You know, toilets, kitchens, they're all the same. Waste management, there's going to be, maybe they'll be a little bit different because you've got, you know, council-run stuff and then you're going to have private waste collectors. Yeah, I would look at the floors for sure. High-level cleaning. There's far bigger variety in a house so they've got to be good on pretty much all flooring types and then when it comes to desks again loads of people work from home so we're doing home offices anyway it's all interesting i find when people talk about this big difference and actually when you break it down you go what is the difference i think the, the difference that i see with business owners is in terms of the scale a lot of people have their house done once a week for two three mm. four hours however often with commercial like i know one of our commercials is two hours a night every night yeah so of course the big difference with a cleaning business owner with commercial is obviously they've got a lot less customers. So in terms of the management, it is a lot easier because you've got a lot less to deal with. But in terms of the actual clean, it's in it's so much easier, I think, with commercial because you've just got less variety in the settings. And also you're not dealing with, I guess, customers' personal space either, right? So that it plays a big difference in in feedback but the downside of that is it's boring like when i'm in the same office and i have to cover it, it's two hours a night every night and no one's there i'm there from seven till nine and i'm like i'm really excited for the first five days by week two i'm going oh come on <laughs> move a glass a bit more someone this is dark. and you've got to hoover the same area and you it's like being a robot, you go through it. So whereas at least in domestic, and the other thing with domestic, you get appreciated a lot more. So in terms yeah. of staff motivation, oh, it's lovely. But in terms of sort of, so they are different. I, th- I think I feel like I put you on the spot a bit there. They are no, different. I can, I can see that. But in terms of the training for staff, there's in my mind, domestic is a lot harder. So when we put domestic on commercial jobs, domestic staff on commercial jobs, they get bored out of their mind. They don't like want to clean desks all day Mm. but it's easier and it's physically easier as well a financial perspective certainly there's there's a cost element to the training um so to whether that's having someone in-house or having some sort of online delivery you know what what recommendations would you make for uh businesses to kind of incorporate that within their budgeting and and what's one of the or what are some of the effective ways to be able to um to have uh you know a training system um kind of throughout the year a lot of companies pay the trainers um an extra hourly rate Mm -hmm. um if they are hourly employee they pay them an extra hourly rate because they are working while they're training but it slows them down and 
it has to be worked into your budget, you really have to take a look at, at the previous year and see how many new hires you had and how long the training was in order for you to plan for this year approximately the same the same amount of people and the same amount of hours but it 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 will take time and it has to be built into your cost of doing business um, uh, there isn't any other way around it uh, online training if the online training can be independently done and there are many canned programs out there um, now that are that are good. I know that Jan, not to give any one particular one a plug, sure. but I, what comes to mind is the janitorial store. Yeah. They have yeah, they've got they a bunch of resources it. online. Um, a checked out their ton. YouTube channel, their website is really a ton. Like, full yes, of value. Yes, they have, and they're good training programs. They're yeah. solid. So if you can get someone to sit, and this would be part of that that day, that orientation day, get their training started online before, I mean, you really got to jump ahead then before you put them with a trainer. The, the whole key is to having a program in writing mm -hmm. and whether you get it from the janitorial store or you create your own. Um, and you can always have a trainer work on that, work mm -hmm. on creating something yeah. that he or she feels is important. As long as they follow it step by step by step by step and teach every person the very same way. You have to always modify a little bit for your student because they all learn at a different pace. But if it says number step number one, we're attacking the bathroom, the restroom, and this is how we're starting. We're going top to bottom, left to right. Mm -hmm. We're doing the wet work. We're doing the floors. We're doing the sink, then the toilet, then the shop. Whatever the steps are that you have, they should be in writing. And that will make the whole training experience more effective for the trainer, but also more cost effective okay. because i have seen trainers who just grasp at straws sure. we'll take here and we're going to go here and she did really well on this so we can skip over to this and we'll do this it's just chaos and the poor trainee is scratching her head or his head yeah. wondering what am i doing so it's got to be a systematic step-by-step -step process um, and again the janitorial store has some some great resources for that Will you focus on one area at a time to make sure that they improve that area first? Or will you like roll them up into, I guess, one correction and say, look, these are the three areas, like recap in terms of the training that you need to do here and here, and make sure that, you know, you implement that in the in the next month going forward so that, you know, we can get your, your quality checks back up to... If, if I was finding three areas, something's going a bit wrong. Like I wouldn't expect to find three. But if I was finding three areas, I would be going, well, what's the underlying cause here? Because three is a lot of areas to be consistently going wrong on. So I would be going, well, what's the underlying cause? Are you being disorganized? And actually, you know, and that's the most common one, actually, you're approaching this entire clean completely wrong. If you are disorganized about clean, then you're not being systemic, which means you're missing three areas. So would I tackle all three? I, if I had three, I'd look for the underlying cause. If I had three and we were tackling the underlying cause, you'd probably find those three would get fixed from that. I don't know. I don't have three at once normally. Yeah, <laughs> it's to itself, right? Which is <laughs> the process is pretty robust. And normally there would be the underlying cause might be something's going on at home or, you know, my child's not sleeping. And and so actually when you drill down, the, they don't suddenly turn into bad cleaners. That's yeah. just not what happens. So there's a reason that 
you know, to get to the standard that they were at in our company, they will have already had to have met so many parameters and standards. So for three to go wrong at once, there's something big going on behind the scenes. You know, having a documented training program uh, really helps. And then it helps you like develop it out as well, right? So you can build upon it and it, as time goes right. by, as you, you know, change uh, sort of cleaning modalities as well from residential to commercial right. to tenancy. Um, so that, that I think is super important. Uh, now and some, I, I could just throw in that some uh, companies actually create their own videos. Okay. So they say they don't like anything that's out there. It's too canned. It doesn't do what I want them to do. So it's either the owner or maybe someone in the office or maybe the trainer. Yeah. They just make their own videos and yeah. they make them. And again, you can't make these videos long. If they're more than 30 minutes a piece, you're going to lose the people. So keep them short and simple and sweet. Let them look at how you do this. Let them practice how you do it in your office. And then come back and look at the next section. Yeah. Here's how you do this. Let me go practice and come back. Thanks to you guys for listening to the Growth Lab podcast. You can access the show notes and free resources via the link in the episode description. And if you got some value from this podcast, please pay it forward and share it with others across social media or leave a rating and review on whatever podcast platform you listen to as it would really mean the world to me. Hope you enjoy and subscribe and I'll see you in the next episode.